Welcome to the Dissected Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I am here to bring incredible guests to you on the topics of teaching and leadership. In this third season, we are focusing on what keeps teachers in the game. It's no surprise that this year has been the most challenging year of teaching for most teachers. And while many are considering leaving the profession altogether, there are also many who still love what they do, or at least have faith that they will love it again soon. We covered all of the challenges and solutions that are needed during season two, and season three is dedicated to seeing us through the challenge to a brighter side of teaching. Get ready to be inspired. This season of the Dissected Podcast is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get custom food bowls or custom chore charts printed by the 3D Printing Man. Visit his Etsy store, The 3D Printing Man, again at Etsy, The 3D Printing Man, and use the code DISSECTED for 10% off. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We are back for what I think is one of our best episodes yet of Dissect Ed. Today, you're going to meet Daryl Williams. Daryl is an instructional coach in a K-8 school. Prior to that, he was a middle school math teacher. He's going to tell you all about himself at the beginning of the episode. I actually met Daryl, you guessed it, on TikTok, um, and his uh, attitude and perspective is infectious. He was teacher of the year twice. Um, he's the real deal when it comes to teaching. And he talks a lot about what we, why we need to still have hope that things are going to improve and that how even we find that we are you know, just not feeling it, what we can do to change our perspective so that our experience changes for the better. Um, Daryl, you can find him at my pursuit of excellence on all social channels, especially TikTok. I encourage you to find him there. And also go to his website at mypursuitofexcellence.com. Again, this is Daryl Williams. I'm really excited for you to meet him. And just so you know, listen for the point where he talks about where he didn't have such a great year and actually thought about leaving the profession altogether. Without further ado, here's Daryl. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back for another fantastic episode of Dissect Ed. Today, we are honored to have Daryl Williams with us. So, Daryl, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah. Like, I, so if you li- have listened to Dissected, you know, and listen, see me on social, you know that my new, like, favorite place to hang out is TikTok, which, if <laughs> you sense. know me, which some people <laughs> list, just listen, but anybody who knows me is like, mm, that doesn't seem to line up because I thought TikTok was like dancing and doing all these like cool things and like, I'm not that cool. So the mm. fact that I'm that TikTok's my new favorite place um, actually surprised me. But I have met and I've seen amazing educators on TikTok. And so it's actually been a source of real joy for me because it's a space where I can find people who are happy with what they're doing and want to spread a message. And it's a real easy way to do that. So actually, for everybody listening, this is how I met Daryl. And I'm so happy yeah. that the TikTok verse brought us together. Um, mm-hmm. And he immediately caught my attention. And you will see why throughout this episode. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Daryl, just to introduce yourself to our listeners. Who are you? What have you been doing in life? <laughs> uh, what brings you? What are you, been, what are you doing now? Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, I feel like you covered it. And that's me. That's that's all me. <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned TikTok because that you're new to TikTok because I am as well. You know, I was thinking about a whole bunch of twelve year olds dancing. You know, thinking about our students, but that's not a yeah. place where <laughs> where we would hang out. But actually, it is. 
Um, but yes, as as Michaela mentioned, I'm Dara Williams. I am a teacher turned instructional coach turned founder of the Pursuit of Excellence, where my goal is to give teachers tools, tips and resources to maximize student growth. So um, I was a middle school math teacher. Shout out to all my my math people for one, yeah. middle school people for two. <laughs> and I uh, taught for seven years, um, teacher of the year a couple of times, two different districts while I was there. And um, just recently became an instructional coach. And then as of the last year or so, I started my own um, business where, again, I help the teachers with resources and the founder of the Pursuit of Excellence. And I'm excited. So I'm, I'm a little bit on, I'm on YouTube, my Pursuit of Excellence. I'm on TikTok, as Michaela mentioned, my Pursuit of Excellence. So here I am. That's me. Oh, we're going to bring up, blow it up here and have people following you definitely because, you know, the purpose of this podcast is really to bring, just bring awesome people to educators. So we've got, you know, educational leaders who listen, teachers, we've got people outside of the education world who also listen. And it's really, uh, it's really helpful because we need great people like you Mm -hmm. in our world. And you know, what caught my attention about you at first was just, um, I had seen a couple of your TikToks. I didn't understand what was happening on TikTok and how I was seeing videos. Once I got, <laughs> once I realized, I was like, oh, this is guy again. And you actually did something. I learned my first stitch um, where you said, you know, you're, what, what's the biggest impact like education has had on you. Yeah. And I just felt compelled to, to, to answer. And I was like, you know, I got to learn more about this Daryl guy. Um, and so I, I looked at, you know, at your profile and I said, wow, I feel like we speak such a similar language when it comes to our belief in teachers and, and yeah. our approach to coaching and then our belief in kids and our approach to teaching. And shout out to you also for teaching math and middle school, because I feel like you are a unicorn um, and it deserves a lot of props. I've uh, I've not taught math. Um, and I, but I have taught and worked in middle school. I absolutely loved it. Didn't realize I would, but it takes, it takes special people to love what they do when they're in middle school. And I feel like you're one of them. So honestly, and it's funny because I speak to my coworkers now, they always ask if I would ever go back to the classroom and actually I would, and I would definitely go back to a middle school math classroom. I would try high school because I'm also into sports. So I really mm-hmm. like to see what, um, what high school is doing, the sports after school. I mean, I'm following them to college and things like that. But yeah, I would definitely teach middle school math again. That's that's my Yeah. I, honestly, I went back. I went back to the classroom. Um, oh, yeah. For, yeah, I did. And, and it could, because I said, when's the last time my heart was happy? And it was happy teaching special ed. And I ended up at middle school and high school. So I, I was in both. And uh, okay. yeah, it was amazing. It was really cool perspective too after you know, being in leadership to go back. And um, I just loved being around the kids again. So it was really, really, really fun. <laughs> but that's more power to you. Like just for a second, if I can talk about you, because that's huge. A lot of people don't have that kind of confidence to be able to go back to the classroom after leaving. And that's, I really love for people to have options. So I love that for you, you recognize what really drives you, what makes your heart happy. Mm-hmm. And you were able to follow through and stick with that and not worry about status quo or you know what everybody else expects you to do (laughs) you're absolutely right I mean I honestly I've taken paths that like my path is like you know windy um (laughs) but it's always guided by a couple things one is just like where can I do the most good and also like I learned to also think of it as like what's good for me like what's what's filling my heart for a long time where I could Mm -hmm. do the most good and what filled my heart just naturally and automatically aligned I didn't have to think about it like I just knew I am a teacher I was a soccer coach and 
softball right, okay. coach and you know I was that, that that's yeah, the stuff I was doing and I was, yeah we are so similar <laughs> and um and you know I was uh it did it didn't like everything I was doing was so aligned mm-hmm. it was when I stepped into and then it, as an assistant principal teach coaching teachers uh and then working with kids and like we were working on attendance still completely aligned no question no doubt you know I was at every um athletic event like it was just oh it's like oh my gosh like all my worlds are all in one place mm-hmm. and then I stepped in the principal role that's where things became just misaligned for me as a person because right. I wasn't looking to you know accelerate my career into any one space I didn't really even see myself as a principal so I was surprised to end up really? there and then I was like I, people are like oh so what in three to five years, where do you see yourself? And I was like, I'm surviving. I don't know. I'm still alive. Um, that's a good goal, though. That's, that's yeah. a good goal. I didn't, I didn't know. I just knew that, like, what I was doing in that moment, I was going to keep doing because mm-hmm. I wouldn't give up on the, the kids and the teachers I was working with and I was serving. But I, it took me a long time to understand that it was okay to admit to myself that I needed to, that that role was not for, good for me for so yeah. many reasons. And so... I didn't know. People kept saying, oh, what are you going to do next? I'm like, I I don't know. I really, I literally don't know. I just know that I'm stepping away from that role. But I looked at, I had to keep asking myself, when was the last time my heart was full? And it it really was in the classroom. Yeah. So it's led me, I I let my heart lead me into places. um, And also just Mm -hmm. my mission and passion too. So that's those two things keep me going. <laughs> Come on, so you're encouraging me right now and you don't even know it, but because I'm literally in the valley of decision uh, right now as well. So I have an admin degree. Um, and I continue to get, you know, opportunities to be assistant sure. principals or things like that. And just going back to asking myself, what makes my heart happy? But it's really mm-hmm. hard to make those decisions when uh, a lot of the other outside presses are saying, this is the next step for you, continue to climb the ladder. But I'm happy. Like, I love coaching teachers. I love the involvement that I can still have with kids. And I feel like the higher up I go, kind of the less attached I will be. So I am con- I really am happy right now. And I like to stay and, where I am. You know what? And and you, that's, I co- actually, it's funny because I coach principals. And, um, you know, <laughs> I coach them because I, I know there were things that made my experience you know, not, it wasn't optimal. And there are, there are things I can, I can support other principals with that can help them avoid some of the things that I wasn't able to, um, and hopefully keep them because they're great in, in their roles. But I also always say, especially after like what I put myself through thinking I had to stay on a certain path or I wasn't allowed to get off of it or I couldn't get off of it. Um, is that, you know, you're young. I was, I'm young. Well, I'm youngish. I was young. And, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, um we you have so much time left mm-hmm. we all know that like we're not retiring till we're like 90 but no there's we have so much time left and to just keep doing what's filling your heart and until it's not until there's some compelling yeah. reason why you why you can't because um people used to say to me oh this might be your only chance and I still was like no but I don't want to and and whatever forces came to power to make me move they said you have to and I didn't know how to say no I I just didn't. So, um, but I knew what was keeping me happy at that time was my assistant principal role. It was doing a lot of what you say you're doing where I was working. Like my principal carved it out where I was doing the stuff that I was good at and that Mm -hmm. was good for me and was really good for the teachers. So I was more of like a coach with the teachers and then working with kids on, uh, on attendance improvement. So it was like, I got to do the stuff I love doing. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, you just, yeah, let your heart, your heart will tell you. 
That's that's huge. And that actually that's actually what sparked my the vision for pursuit of excellence. Um, and kind of what my mission is. Like my mission is to make sure that I give students the option to choose a life, to live the life that they choose and not a life that they're forced to settle for. Because I don't want anybody to have to live a life that they have to settle for because they don't have the education to do something else. They don't have the the knowledge to do something else or the ability to do something else. So they just have to settle for whatever is, is given to them. That's not a good feeling. And that's not the way I want anybody to have to live their life. So one thing that I'm hearing from both of us is that we have the option to flip back and forth. We want to be we a do. principal. We want to be a teacher. Like we have options, but I just hate for when, when people don't. And that's really why that's what grounds me in my work, making sure that I set people up for success to be able to choose whatever it is that they eventually want to choose. So, so I love that. That's how meta, right? Like we're like, <laughs> z- like zooming out for a second to look at the fact that like, there's so much um, power in having choice and and then giving us permission also to like, let those choices in and, and make those decisions. And you're right. How fortunate are we that we can make those decisions and we have a, the mm-hmm. tools and be the, um, experience and, and all of the things, the conditions to be able to make those choices. And you talked about um, how you, your vision for setting students up to have those same choices as they, you know, exit high school and, and go on to post-secondary life. Can you tell, tell us more about that? Because I know that's your, you have my pursuit of excellence and you have very mm-hmm. specific ways that um, you'd recommend to empower students and to help them grow. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So there's a couple of different phases when I think about um, growth and when I think about how to maximize student growth. So when I'm talking about growth, I'm talking about it in about academic growth, which is Mm -hmm. obviously this is the work that we do in schools, as well as personal growth, because I'm a firm believer that good teachers are going to teach subjects, but great teachers teach students. And to teach students means that we're teaching beyond just the content area that's been assigned to us, right? But now we are, we're building up um, mindset, we're building life skills, we're building the things that they need to be successful human beings. And so when I focus on academic growth, I definitely, when I was in the classroom, one of the things that led me to be teacher of the year a couple of different times was the way I was able to grow students. Um, mm-hmm. I've always worked in low-income areas and I've always worked in schools, the areas where the students were super behind two, three years. I'm pre-pandemic. Same, same, same. That's yes. My whole career. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the, I've just always been growth centered. So I learned a lot of different strategies and and tricks. And so those are the things that I like to give to teachers. Try this, do this, talking about exit tickets and how to effectively use exit ticket data um, to affect instruction and things like that. But then, and when I'm talking about the personal growth, then mm-hmm. I'm talking about how we can affect student mindset, affect their, their life skills, their character. Um, we're talking about conflict resolution, talking about anger management, and those types of things that you need in order to, to leave a school building and to continue mm-hmm. to be a successful person. So those are all the things that I focus in on a lot just because <laughs> options, right? It's all about creating options if you have a hot head if you can be smart but if you have a hot temper and you can't resolve conflicts with people you don't have the option to be in a corporate setting you know what i'm saying so it's all about it's all about options yeah and you know i mean and you nailed it you said pre-pandemic right like yes for anybody who is maybe not in education um listening the things that you're hearing teachers talk about right now as far as challenges they all existed prior to the pandemic so like this 
concept of like people keep saying like the gap, the learning gap, learning loss, learning whatever they however they want to coin it, coin it because I typically don't pay attention to those phrases. I don't like them, um, even though I acknowledge there are we have to bring our students along. We, we need to we got to we need to teach them everything they can learn. And also, I don't like those phrases. Um, however, those I mean, since I started teaching 17 years ago, those phrases were being used, right? Yeah. Learning gaps, achievement gaps. So right. you nailed it. This isn't new, but it might be more pronounced or just mm-hmm. amplified now that we're, you know, where we are two years post shutdown. Yes. Yes. And, and it just looks completely different now to what the solutions are. So it's up to us to kind of figure out how we solve those problems now in 2022 and beyond. So that's, that's where I get excited though. <laughs> yeah, I can tell, tell, like I can tell. So, you know, what are some of the ways that you, um, like what are some of the approaches you take? So you're coaching right now. So I'm yeah. assuming that, you know, you're obviously coaching teachers, but you must still interact with kids too. Cause you're in a K eight setting, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like hard not to interact with K to eight, right? I'm in an elementary school coaching a principal right now. And like the kids light up my day. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. love, I mm-hmm. love them. Um, and they have no clue who I am. Um, and sometimes like the little ones ask if I'm the new principal and I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You still like, you're still, it's, they love their principal. They just like, they yeah, think like yeah, yeah. it's so in the moment that they, just, like, all these stories they must tell themselves in their head. I'm like, they must wonder who is this woman who's in their school three, three times a week. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of joy in the kids. So, you know, what do you, right now in your, you can talk about your role, you know, in schools and then in building your company out too. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the things that we can do to help a student grow in like, let, let's talk about uh, in the, in the per, like personally, right. So like personal yeah. growth and, okay. and how we're, we're building those um, building that for them. If it, because a lot of times it's lacking from mm-hmm. the school, like the school curriculum that teachers are given to teach or told to teach. What yeah. do you, what, do, what are some of the approaches that you've seen work or that you've used yourself? Absolutely. I, I have a couple. And I just want to say, as I heard you talking, thinking about the fact that you're in the schools a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. I think it's huge as my role as well, where you can have a strong impact without being the person that they see all the time. Yes. And I think, I think that's huge. Sometimes you can have more of an impact. I kind of think about it like the cool uncle, you know, like yeah. how you always have mommy and daddy, but then sometimes your cool uncle steps in and they can say one thing and you're just like, yeah, like that, that's it. And that's kind of like, that's like me. <laughs> so because, <laughs> so I'm an instructional coach, but I work in three different school buildings. So okay. I spend one, uh, I'm at one school on Mondays, another school Tuesday, Wednesday, another school Thursday, Friday. So students kind of barely see me, but when I'm able to, on when I'm on their campus, I make sure I go in their classrooms and communicate with them. And I feel like we, it's like a power packed segment <laughs> whenever we interact because it's like, oh, there goes, you know, there goes Mr. Williams. We get to talk and we're always talking about growth. And so now to answer the second part of your question, mm-hmm. the the things that lead to growth, what I'm huge on goal setting, huge mm-hmm. on goal setting, of course, a growth mindset. Right. And then um, those are the two that I mainly focus on when I first start off, because and don't tune me out because a lot of people <laughs> I'm about to get no. I'm about to get into it. Don't tune me out. No, because tune in, those tune aren't, in. <laughs> those aren't things that people haven't heard of before, goal setting. Absolutely. But or growth mindset, but they're so saturated that they're not done well because people hear it so often. You, so with <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> And that's it. So like with goal setting, just being really strategic. And that's what I'm doing with all the schools that I'm at now. So setting the goal 
and then following through. And then, so I use a smarter goal framework. It's like, you've heard of smart goals. Um, right. Maybe you've heard of smarter goals. The E and the R stand for evaluate as well as reward and reflect. So smarter oh, and like the that. E for evaluate. Oh yeah. It's, and I have a whole bunch about this on my YouTube channel, <laughs> but the E for evaluate means, you know, how are you going to evaluate that progress along the way? A lot of people set a goal and forget it at the beginning of the year. Even if it's a smart goal, we'll set it and kind of just walk away. Yeah. But no, you have to evaluate it along the way. Students need to be invested in evaluating their progress. And mm. that's what's going to help them get invested and help them to, to drive because now they, they care about it. Yes. Um, and then the R, reflect and reward. It's okay to reward a goal. So students know what the reward is going to be once the goal, as the time the goal is set. And whether you get it or whether you don't, uh, we reflect because sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you always learn. So we always reflect on what that is. So every time... So I have month goals with every school and I'm actually just recorded the video today. So I'll, I'll set the goal with the students. They know what the reward is. We evaluate every other week. And then I send the, the video of whoever achieved the goal at the end. I send it all to other schools. Cool. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that's, so when they see me, of course, they recognize me from the videos and they see me and they're like, I, hit, I meet my goal. I met my goal, Mr. Williams. Da, da, da. And it's just like, it's awesome. We just have a small interaction. That's great. Doesn't that, make, doesn't that like, make you so fulfilled and happy when you have those interactions and they're so excited to tell you it does. that you reached a goal? It does because it, it shows that it works, right? It shows that if somebody is invested in me, somebody n believes that I can do this and I'm, yes. seeing, I'm seeing the progress, like I'm seeing the fruit of my labor, it's building up their, their own confidence to say, you know, I got this. And just to see the excitement on their face. And these are just the students that are stopping me in the hallway. I'm pretty right. sure there's some more introverted students that are feeling this, but they, they won't speak to me. But these are just the students that are just like, oh my goodness, it's working. I actually can do this. And I, I love that. That is, it's that to me, actually, I'm pretty sure that's the video I stitched with you is when you mm -hmm. said like, what's, um, the the most like the the oh, I forgot you asked the most impactful the most part. rewarding part of education rewarding thank you <laughs> rewarding part of education for you and um and I and I I was I had never done a stitch but I was like I've seen somebody do this and I think mm -hmm. I clicked and I'm like oh there it is and when I hit stitch it was like perfect I think you said stitch this actually that's probably yeah. why I did it I was like oh he said stitch it okay I'm gonna <laughs> find that and you know when you asked the question it was the perfect spot for me to just jump in and and the I literally like it wasn't planned I just did it wherever I was in my house and I said it was when um I might have been in the car but I said when students realize their strengths and they they mm -hmm. they realize they hit like they hit a goal or they they accomplish something and then they realize they can do it um mm -hmm. because that is the most that is the best feeling to watch a kid be like, oh, wait a second. I did it. I did it. Oh, I yeah. can do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and um, yeah, it is. I remember when I was um, like, as a teacher, it was just, I just thought everybody felt that way. So mm. when I was teaching special ed in, in, in high school, we were doing tons of things, right? Like, I think, I mean, a lot of times I was told like, oh, you, you guys can't do that or your kids won't do that. And I was like, it like feels like firing to me. I was like, okay, okay, mm. sure. And we just go do it. Um, mm. but as a as a school leader, um, you know, you kind of get this like 50,000 foot view, and then yeah. you can kind of see the impact of like belief in students versus like non-belief in students. And you know, it's people might say, like, is it really that simple? No, it kind of is that simple. Like you believe in students and you and then you you show them 
what they can do. You help you kind of clear yeah. the path and and help them get there. And that first time they realize like I did it mm-hmm. is so powerful for them. It makes them want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it makes them want to continue to do it. And I'll take that one step further or flip it actually, because yeah. to say when you say is it really that simple to believe in students, it is. It's also really that simple to not believe in students. Wow. And a lot of people believe feel that they believe in students, but their actions and the things that they do don't necessarily do that. So right. we'll hang up like a growth mindset poster or, you know, we'll say these things. But the way that we treat students, some of the fr- the things that we say, some of our actions in terms of mm-hmm. not having grace and things like that show that there is not a belief or not giving second chances shows that there is not a belief. But if you would ask that teacher, sometimes they'll say, yeah, I believe all my students can learn, but actions right. don't match up. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I think there's some inner work to do there, yeah. uh, you know, for, for all of us in education to 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 really identify like what does belief actually look and sound like right what does belief in students look and sound like um and that kind of takes me to to you talk a lot about i've noticed um you know whether i visited your website or just in some of your tiktoks about keeping hope alive in education Mm -hmm. that resonates profoundly with me so i wanted to ask you why is that such an important message for you Yeah. Well, because for me, the hardest season of my life was my first year teaching. Mm. And it really was not just my professional career, like literally 2014, (laughs) my first year teaching was the Mm. hardest phase of my life because I was not good at, at it being an educator. It just was not for me, but that's not something that that typically happens to me. So then I'm feeling down. I'm feeling like I wasted my money. I feel like I went to school for four years for what? Like this career isn't for me. All my friends, I became a, so we were all in the same classes and in math, Mm -hmm. as I got my math degree, all my friends went off to engineering school and I became a teacher. And I was like, man, like (laughs) I did did the wrong thing. But the reason why, what brought me back year two it's funny because I went to a, uh, a college graduation the year after I graduated. So after my first year of teaching, my wife mm-hmm. graduated and I, her commencement speaker gave me a message of hope that let me know that don't don't underestimate your impact. And it made me think the, about the fact that I can actually do this. Like somebody actually needs me, even if it's just yes. one person, somebody actually needs me. So the reason why my message is a message of hope is because I honestly feel like everybody is somebody that somebody needs. Yes. And I think that everybody can be an effective educator. Like that's, that's a strong statement. I honestly, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe it too. Yes. Yeah, like they just need, sometimes it's environment. Sometimes it's teaching. Sometimes it's, it's, um, they need more tools in their toolbox, but everybody mm. is an expert in their expertise and their expertise is useful in, in some setting. You just have to find the right setting and be able to use the right skills. So for me, my message of hope is to teachers saying that you are enough. Like you, yeah. you absolutely are. You may not have all the tools you need right now, but you, who you are, your being is enough. And you can take that into your classroom or into the classroom and be effective. I just want to help you get more tools in your toolbox so that you can have more options again to pull from um, to help you feel successful and to help you actually maximize student growth. And, you know, so you may have been, you know, brought back in for year two into teaching because when you heard that message of some you're needed, you probably thought of your students, right? Like kids need me. Absolutely. 
but I'll say, you know, in listening to you and honestly seeing you on TikTok and looking at, you know, and, and meeting with you before and, and looking at your webpage, like you teachers need you. Like the adults in education need you. I, I'm sh- maybe you know how much they need you, but you may not know how much you're really needed because there are so many teachers that don't receive that message that you're good enough, you are enough, right? You are enough, or um, you if you're not feeling great right now, okay, so let's get you what you need and let's let's grow that. And it's yeah. feeling great isn't too far away. There are so few teachers. I work with teachers across the country this year, um, virtually doing all different things like group coaching, one-on-one coaching, uh, free trainings on just quick and simple classroom Mm -hmm. management strategies. And that's the overwhelming sentiment that I, I hear is they just, yeah. And and I was coaching a teacher early, early on, but right as the school year was starting and she was just saying, I had my, my worst last four years were the worst years of teaching for me. She's like in her 17th year now. Mm. I mean, she was really, really just really defeated. She looked defeated, but she, but the thing is that she said, I love my students. Like I love students and I know I can do this. I just need to figure it out. And by like the second session, she was literally crushing it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I, I love what I do, but I'm like, I'm not a magician. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not like a magic wand. I'm going to uh, wave. And like, honestly, since I'm a coach, like she's the one doing the work. I'm just helping mm-hmm. her like figure out how she wants to do it and what it looks like for her to be authentic in the classroom and, and show up as herself. Yeah. And I told her like, you know, I told her like, you're, but you're enough. Like you, cause she was comparing herself to some other teachers on her team. And, and that mm-hmm. to me, like I had to, I had a teacher resign, um, in 2019 because he was comparing himself to other teachers i didn't know he was doing this i wish i would have known you know a month leading up to this because he was incredible i mean he had this like skill set you can't teach as far as like how he related to students and you know they needed him and when he ever said like how he was comparing himself and what how he saw himself when he looked at others i was Mm. like manny he told me I could use his name. I said, Manny, I said, I was, I mean, I was, I was crying. He was crying. Cause he had, it was his last day. He was leaving the next mm. day. And I, I was like, I have to, I have to find him. I've got to go see him. Cause I didn't know he was going through this. And so, um, you know, we were talking, I'm crying, he's crying. And he, and I said, I, I wish you knew. And, and, and now I know you're not, I know you're leaving, but you have to know before you walk out these doors that you are incredible and, and you, everything you showed up as every single day was enough. Can, can yeah. we can we tighten up the routine? Sure. Can we mm-hmm. tighten up the do now instead of timer? Yeah. You know, but like, but everything you brought to the table was more than enough. These kids needed you. You had something so magical and special. And he was like, I didn't know that. And yeah. my heart obviously like broke into a million pieces wow. because A, to lose somebody. And and it was more than that it was so that the fact that he went through two months thinking that about himself as a teacher. Mm-hmm. What and, is. And, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm here for. Like the manis of the world who have those innate skills, but just need a couple of different tweaks, a couple of tools um, to help them truly be successful, but without making them feel like less than, like without making them feel like what you're doing is not enough and you're incapable and incompetent. And I feel like honestly, sometimes in education, we can do such a good job of that to teachers. And that's, that's what happened to me a lot early on. And that's where the comparison comes in because sometimes 
they'll present with the cookie cutter mold that says, this is what I want to see as an effective teacher. And I feel, if I don't fit in that mold, I must be inadequate. Then that, and that's literally, I knew myself. I'm sorry for everybody who's listening to this on your YouTube channel. My dogs are in, they're like four rooms away and somehow, and they're three pounds and they make it into every podcast. Um, they have great timing, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's, um, you know, that's exactly what happened with Manny and with another teacher a month later who, you know, by thankfully he, he actually sent me his resignation letter like the night before he was going to, and I think it was for him, it was almost like a cry for help in a way. Like wow, it's like yeah. he needed, he, he needed somebody to know. Well, he actually, he was telling somebody, but that person wasn't telling me and I didn't know. And he didn't know that wasn't. So anyway, it ended up in my hands. Thank God, because I read it and I went, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not happening again to a second teacher. Um, his name was Kevin. And he had this again, really amazing way of, of connecting with students. And so, you know, we, we met, we met a lot in the beginning and then, I mean, it was a matter of a month and a half before this teacher who was a day away from resigning because he felt like he was the worst teacher that ever walked the face of the earth. He was crushing it. You know, when I say crushing it, like, I mean, everything like routines and procedures, kids were, you know, everything was being done time in a, like a, in the time that he was giving it and he was differentiating, he was doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Discipline referrals were like, non-existent at that point everything was just sort of i mean he and he felt like himself but i remember meeting with him and i, and I was like can you, i need you to explain to me what you're going through and he said i am not that i don't yell and i was like uh, oh my goodness that i don't know if you've noticed i don't know if you've noticed but like i'm the principal and i don't yell either you know mm. um and he was like yeah but i feel like in this coaching, uh, in this classroom management, like methodology that we're supposed to be using, which was like a district thing. Yeah. Um, and the way that he was seeing other teachers use it, he's like, I feel like I'm supposed to like raise my voice or do this and do that. And, and I said, no, Kevin, I said, <laughs> maybe, I mean, that might work for the teacher you're hearing across the hall. Yeah. But you're you. And you don't need to yell. As I used to do lunch duty uh, when I was in a middle school for 250 seventh graders, sixth graders, and then eighth through mm -hmm. three lunches. And I had to do lunch announcements. And I was by myself. <laughs> so I'm there in the cafeteria doing lunch announcements, which I hated. But every day I had to pick up the mic and I was like, okay, here we go. And I get myself ready to do it. And, but like the way that, well, how was I going to quiet everybody down? I wasn't, certainly wasn't scream, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't going to blow a whistle. Like if I blew a whistle, I could, but then the kids would know that didn't match my personality. Right. And yeah. I didn't match my presence in the hallway. It didn't match anything about what I did. So I would just stand there. I usually would just tap the tap it a couple of times, say good afternoon or good morning, depending on what time it was. Yeah. And within like 30 seconds, they'd be quiet. And if one person wasn't, I would just look at them and they'd be like, you know, it's just whatever presence you, 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 you bring your authentic, your authentic self is what you yes, need to be, right? <laughs> I know, yeah. I know you know that. So, yeah, uh, tough, man, I wrote, I made a YouTube video about this, my five, uh, five tips I learned my first year of teaching or five lessons I learned my first year yeah. teaching. And that's one of them. It's crazy how you talk about yelling because this this is me like <laughs> i have a big mic right now because this is the loudest i get <laughs> like this is what <laughs> I, I have to do and mm -hmm. but when i was comparing myself a lot of teachers on the hallway that i felt were effective were yelling and what i've learned is that it's not the fact that they were yelling all the time i put the emphasis on the wrong word i put the emphasis on yelling it's the fact that they were yelling all the time 
what right. students were responding to was the consistency with which was whatever the consequence. So the teacher's consequence was to yell, which I don't agree with necessarily, but that was her, mm -hmm. that's the way she did it, was to yell. But she did that all the time. So students knew that once she yells, this is how I should respond. So mm -hmm. what I had to learn is what is gonna be my thing? And just like how you yeah. said, yours was the look. I had a very mm -hmm. similar look. I've, I, I'll look, I'll wait, I'm relationships. I'm just like, you know, come on, that kind of thing. But students knew that once I was consistent and consistently rewarding and consistently consequencing yes. and mm -hmm. consistent with my clear expectations, that's when a lot of things started to connect for me. And I was like, oh, I can be me as long as I'm clear and consistent. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm so, when I found you, like, thank you, TikTokers. But when I, <laughs> no, but I saw you and I saw a couple of your messaging, I was like, man, like, this is what teachers need because they don't hear this enough. And look, mm -hmm. it's like you didn't hear it enough in your first year and you had to figure it out. But thank goodness you like you push through that and you're like, no, no, I'm here for a reason. But there are a lot of there are a lot of teachers that for whatever reason, whether it's a lack of a connection with somebody else in the school or mm -hmm. lack of confidence or just being unsure, they step away. And um, yeah. And, and that, and that's, and that's sad. Like we want to see that happen. So when you said like your message of hope and how you're enough, I'm like, Oh, he's speaking my language. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to ask you um, what, as we close it out, you know, you, you put out a, a video and you said, stitch this. And you asked us what the most rewarding part of education was for us. And yeah. so now I'm going to ask you, what is the most rewarding <laughs> part of education for you? I got you. Um, yeah, so mm -hmm. I did. It's, it's funny. So I'll give a little backstory about that mm -hmm. TikTok video, which so the first that video has about 5000 views right now at the time of recording this. Um, what is the most rewarding part of education for you? And I shared what my re most rewarding part is. But the reason why I went with that video was because prior to that, I asked, what is the most challenging part of mm -hmm. education for you? That was the first video I stitched. Uh, that's the first video I created with the stitch you know, component. Mm -hmm. That video has over 100,000 views right now. And I find it so interesting that it's, it's easy for us to complain about some of the things that are going yeah. wrong. It's easy for us to pull out the things that are challenges, which is why I wanted to reroute it and say, okay, so now what are the things that is rewarding for you? And um, for me, the things that's rewarding for me is to watch a student take something that they know nothing about and learn how to figure it out because I'm all about options yet again. And if they can show me that pattern of starting something I know nothing about, I'm middle school math, Pythagorean theorem, what? Like like scientific notation, why are we doing this? Like, right. so yeah. honestly, if, if I wasn't a middle school math teacher, I wouldn't use Pythagorean theorem in my so regular day-to-day, -day. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? But, but honestly, no, yeah, but I, yeah. think it's, I think it's okay to mention that because so my message, which my message was to students and to teachers now, is that it's okay to be real with that. It's okay to be real to say, I, you may never use Pythagorean theorem after you leave college, high school. You may never use scientific notation, mm -hmm. but my goal, I'm not teaching you how to do it because I'm focused on the content. It's on the character that is developing within you. I need you to take this because you know nothing about scientific notation. Mm -hmm. I wanna see what you can do with something you know nothing about and see if you can struggle with it, if you can work with it, if you have the grit, tenacity, and resilience to stick with it until you figure it out. And that's the conversation that I have with students. And that's what I encourage teachers to tell because middle school, they can they can see through the lies and the fakeness. Oh, I heard somebody one time, 
<laughs> right. Somebody wanted to be a basketball player and they was like, why do we need to know? Are we talking about uh, angles? Like why, the quadratic formula. Why do I need to know the quadratic mm -hmm. formula? And the teacher tried to break down, well, when you shoot the ball, the arc of the ball is going to be T T squared minus. I was like, no, like they know I don't need to calculate this in my head. But I mean, come on, if you want to be a basketball player, there's obviously going to be some things that are going to be hard for you, difficult for you, you know, communicating with people. Um, mm -hmm. Time management is huge. That's a life skill. Right. So I'm teaching you through giving you these assignments, how to manage time and practice. Can you do your homework assignment and go to basketball practice and your AAU game on the weekend? So it's, yeah. it's not necessarily always the content, which is why I said growth is in so many different phases, but it's about um, becoming a, just a better student, not always just about the subject, but about those students. So that's, that's kind of what, that was a long way to answer your question, but that's <laughs> what sparked oh, um, the reason for asking that on TikTok. I mean, I feel like we need to close it there because you just like a <laughs> mic drop. Like the way you explained that was beautiful. Um, hey, if you say hey, it's your show, if you say so, no, I'm, no, I'm no I mean, no, that, that was, that was, that was such a, an amazing way to explain. I honestly, I haven't heard somebody explain it that way when you went, cause I was, I was supporting in eighth grade uh, math class uh, two mm -hmm. years ago. And so a lot of the, like, why do we need to learn oh, yeah. this? Like, that comes up all the time. Um, and to hear some of the explanations as to why. And the thing is, like, for me, I didn't really have an answer because I didn't teach math. So <laughs> I, when I was teaching, I taught social studies and I taught and I was a special ed teacher. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, I was like, well, right now, this is like, I would try to like, this is a concept that's important. <laughs> Like, but um, to hear how you explained it, like, and I used to say too, like, we're making our brains grow, like we're working mm -hmm. out different parts of our brains that may not get to work out otherwise. Um, but the way you explained it, like, I think it also is great for teachers to hear because sometimes they don't know how, because that's the kid's best skill is challenging us, right? Why do oh, we have yeah. to do that? Why do we have to do that? This I'm never going to use this, and to constantly have to feel like you got to explain <laughs> why it's important. Mm -hmm. That sometimes mm -hmm. people struggle with that, and that's for them to hear that from you, I think is really helpful. Absolutely. I, I do have just one more thing, but yeah. So yeah. like, it's definitely always again about options because you never know if you're going to need the Pythagorean theorem. So, That's, and that is I'm, truth, right? Like I'm helping you create options, but also there's other components or other reasons that go beyond the content. But, but some people, you know, really are in a place like where they are struggling. So I just really wanted to kind of leave or end if you allow me to kind oh of yeah actually, I, I actually did want to ask you um sorry i was like so into your last answer i was like no, am, no, I supposed to talk? am i supposed to talk after this because i feel like <laughs> they need to like we gotta end this on daryl uh, me talking is gonna take away from that no i did actually have a, a final question for you which i think is where you're going which is you mentioned um your two your two videos that you stitched right one was mm -hmm. what's the most challenging thing and, and the next one was what is the most rewarding thing and you mentioned that you have like a hundred thousand views on the most challenging one and then five thousand on the most rewarding and i think that's um you know i had that same thing kind of happen to me and it's why on the podcast we're podcasting on and talking about like how to inspire how to keep hope going and how to inspire yeah. because season two, which ended up being like 18 episodes, it was long, mm. was dedicated to like the struggle, right? But identifying clearly and specifically what the challenges were for teachers this year, because in September and October, it was a lot of like, this is hard. This is hard. This is the yeah. hardest year. This yeah. is hard. 
And so I wanted to make sure that, that people heard from teachers what it really was that was challenging and what made this year different than others. So we devoted a lot of time to that, but I came to a, a point in uh, probably January where I said to myself, okay, we, I think I need to like, I think I need to pivot from here. Like, I think I need to acknowledge like, yes, it's hard. And we could have 50 more episodes on challenges now in pre-pandemic, but we definitely need, if we stay in this space, mm -hmm. there's, what is there to hope for? Unless you're somehow really good at finding the joy, um, what, what hope do teachers have that it's going to get better or that they're going to re reclaim or, re or find that hope and that inspiration again to love yeah. what they do. And that was a sad feeling for me. And also I was like, Oh, we're going to lose everybody. <laughs> so, um, I said, okay, we season three needs to be devoted to like, let's get, let's, let's get ourselves through this to the other side and find that joy again, find that inspiration. So I know that's possible. I know there are people who are going to leave teachers leave education every year. Yeah. But this mass exodus that everybody's talking about, you know, my mission and my company is to prevent that. I know I'm one person, but just to, mm. to give teachers the tools to um, to make them feel effective and needed and, and successful again um, and joyful. I want to ask you, what would your advice be or what might you say to a teacher mm. who's in it right now? They're, they're in the struggle, right? They're not feeling what you and I feel when we talk about teaching. They're feeling overwhelmed and tired or not effective or not successful and yeah. and they're not feeling those great things what might you say to them i'll i'll say i've been there and and i have a solution <laughs> and and here it is um but first i'll give a little backstory so when i first left the classroom a couple of years ago i remember this clear as day that's actually what sparked this activity that i do with um, my my clients as i'm coaching them and i remember i was i was walking i was walking into around the building and I was just felt like I wanted to make my presence known. No, let's flip it. I was in the room first. I was in my office. I'm working on curriculum, working on instruction. I'm typing mm -hmm. on my laptop and somebody came into my office and they just opened. They said, man, it must be nice to be able to sit behind a desk all day. And you don't have to walk around. I was like, man, like, you know, I really, I really have a lot of work to do, but maybe I should get into some classrooms more. Right. So I said, I'll just kind of do my paperwork at home and let me try to get into some more classrooms. So then I started just going around classrooms and inspiring people, giving them like a message of hope. And I would pop into classrooms. Do you need anything? A bathroom break? How are you doing? Just kind of those things. And then a different person. One day I popped into her classroom. She said, man, it must be nice to be able to just walk around all day. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? <laughs> so really like. There's no pleasing everybody. There is no pleasing right. everybody. So I had to ask myself, I was in this just this space where I wasn't feeling like I was being effective at, at, at my job. And I had to ask myself, what is it that I want? So then I asked myself these three questions and then I kind of packaged it to, and this is what I teach my clients. So think about what you want to do. Fuse it with what you have to do. Marry it with what you like to do. And you're left with what you get to do. Oh. So like, I sat down, what do I want to do? What's my why? I want to inspire student growth, right? Fuse with what I have to do. I pulled up, literally, I pulled up my contract and I started going through the things that I have to do. These are the things I have to do. Then I wrote down the things that I like to do. I like interacting with students, right? I like making videos and sending them out. I like coaching teachers. So I wrote down the things I like to do. So now I have all three of these things in a Venn diagram and I start pull, pulling them all together. And then in the middle box, I answer the question, or I, I respond to the statement, this is what I get to do. What I get to do is the marrying of all three of these things. I get to show up every day 
and go in classrooms, inspire students' growth, and um, and coach teachers. Like this is what I get to do. So now, when you ask me what my job is, I can respond with this, and I'm encouraged because now I'm not just I'm not focused on the fluff, I'm not focused on the things that are getting me down, the things that are making me feel inadequate or incompetent. But now I'm focused on the things that I get to do. So if somebody has a comment about me sitting behind my desk or popping into classrooms, that's fine because I'm at peace with it because I get to do this and I love doing this. So that's what I would say. That is what incredible advice because you're not focused on one thing that might be bringing you down, but rather it's like just flipping that framework altogether. Can yep. you list those three questions that you asked yourself again? Yep. So think about what you want to do. That's your mm -hmm. why. Yep. And fuse it with what you have to do. That's your job requirements. Pull, up, pull out that contract. <laughs> <laughs> and then marry those things with what you like to do. So what are those things throughout the your, in your career that you actually enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. And when you put all three of those things together, you're left with what you get to do. That is, I feel like that's, that's gold right there. <laughs> um. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with, with us. I feel like I've grown and I've, my heart's ha happy and full right now, just with, you know, talking with you. And I know that there are so many people there. I mean, there are teachers who need to he hear these actual practice. Like this, I can actually do this. I'm going to try to do that tonight or tomorrow. There are mm -hmm. teachers who might just be relieved that these conversations are happening and people are paying attention to um, how we're supporting teachers. And I think there are also our leaders who are listening who can also either A, ask themselves the same questions like you said you did, right? When you were yeah. sitting in your office and like you're getting used to this new role um, and also might realize too, like, hey, how are my teachers doing? And mm -hmm. what, what message am I giving them yeah, through coaching, through, through evaluation, through whatever? Like, are they, I mean, like, cause I, I didn't know my te two teachers were feeling the way they were feeling yeah. um, about not feeling like about comparing themselves. So I think that um, there is just so much from this that people can take away. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thank you so much. This was enlightening. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I thought it was going to be a 10 minute, you know, like a TikTok <laughs> situation, but no, this was, I loved it. This, this was amazing. I, um, so anybody who knows me also will tell you there's my husband included would say there's no way a conversation could be 10 minutes. <laughs> um, no, but, but honestly too, like, I mean, this is just, I feel like we could go on for forever. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to also make sure that uh, people can find you. You said it in the beginning. Can you repeat again though at the end? And I'm going to put it in the episode notes. Like I put it in, in, sure. um, in writing, but if somebody's like driving in the car and they're listening, they want to remember where can they find you? Yes. So you can find me at mypursuitofexcellence.com. Um, or you can also find me on YouTube backslash my pursuit of excellence, TikTok backslash my pursuit of excellence. They're all I just I'm not on Instagram yet, but they're all my pursuit of excellence and quick funny story. But because my LLC is actually pursuit of excellence, that's because it was a play on the pursuit of happiness. So I wanted to be the yeah, pursuit yeah, of excellence. Yeah, like that. Yeah. But um, but that wasn't available. So I had to choose an article to put in front of it. So I had to stick to my in front of it. So my pursuit of excellence on all platforms. Love it. My my pursuit of excellence. You kept it easy. One to remember <laughs> and one to definitely look up. So thanks again yeah. so much for being with us tonight, Daryl. Thank you so much for having me, Michaela. It was so much fun. I'll see you next time. If you want to know more about me and what I believe in and what drives me in my work, actually just listen to Daryl on this podcast because he and I are so aligned on so many things. And I, that's really one of the things that drew me to him. The other thing was just 
you know, he's in the work and he has gone through times where he questioned, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I good enough? Am I as good as the other teacher? And he figured his way out and found his way through. And we really need that right now. So please check him out. He has an incredible message to to share. Again, um, he's mypursuitofexcellence.com, Daryl Williams. And uh, just so you know, we may be having Daryl speak at our summer virtual conference. So stay tuned for more details um, for that. I'll see if I can get him to, to join us. All right. Have a good week, everybody.